podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. And welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host Daniel Bigelow on a fine, fine Saturday morning. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm good. I am good because football is right around the moon. There's one more night sleep until we get to wake up and it's Sunday football and it almost just doesn't feel real. The preseason was, you know, that's always an indication for it's coming around. Uh, Thursday night football with the Bills and the Rams was a great way to start, but it's still Phenomenal just... Phenomenal game. That was a great game. It just hasn't game. hit me yet. Yeah, so when I wake up tomorrow, I'll, I'll feel it for sure. But uh, you're right. It was a phenomenal game. What a, what a fun, fun way to start off the year. I was afraid it wasn't going to be like that. Yeah, so just to catch you up, listeners, Daniel and I have had some scheduling conflicts recently, so apologies for the delay to getting this most recent episode out. We're going to have this up on a Saturday. Tomorrow is the 49ers' first game. We'll make sure to get this up with plenty of time for you to get all prepared for that first matchup. But the last episode we recorded was our 53-man roster predictions. So what we want to do to start today is just kind of break down the final 49ers 53-man roster, talk a little, little bit about what is different than what we expected, and then dive into preparing you for the 49ers' first game tomorrow morning against the Chicago Bears. So we'll dive right into that not waste any more of your time because we know that you prioritize listening to us so Daniel let's just let's dive right in what was the most surprising thing to you or one of the most surprising things to you about the 49ers final 53-man roster I think there's one thing that's kind of hanging over everything and we might talk about that a little later but but give me something that shocked you that you weren't expecting about this roster what whatever could that that first thing be? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't um, know. There's nothing that stands out. Nothing at all. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me in a less shocking, controversial way was the running back room. Where if you haven't seen yet, I don't know how you haven't seen yet. I question your fandom for the 49ers, but let's get into it. Elijah Mitchell, RB1, and then you got Jeff Wilson, uh, Tyrion Davis-Price, and our fourth and final running back is Jordan Mason, preseason standout. And apparently his preseason was good enough to beat out a former third down back last year for the Niners, Jermichael Hasty, and former third round now bust in the 49ers uh, draft organization, Trey Sermon, who was waived and picked up by the Eagles. Um Jordan Mason seemed to have an incredible preseason. They liked him a lot. And the hope originally, I believe, was that he was going to be signed, that he was going to be not going to make the roster, be signed to the practice team, to the practice squad, and then he would be able to come up with an injury or whatever. But they were afraid that there was no chance he was going to clear waivers and not be picked up by another team. And I, I believe that. I think that he probably would have. So they cut yeah, Sermon the, the and Hasty instead. 
the 49ers are continuing to prove that it seems kind of strange for them to ever use a draft pick higher than like the sixth round on the running back because, you know, we just on a running back because Elijah Mitchell, the team's presumptive starter, was, you know, a third round, uh, not a third round pick, a sixth round pick. And Jordan Mason, who just made the team, was undrafted. And we've been able to just turn these guys who aren't the highest draft capital into, into quality rushers. The exception who is on the roster is Ty Davis Price, who is a third round pick in this year's draft. But yeah, Daniel, I was I was not surprised at all by the release of Sermon. I think I I think I mentioned that I expected that to happen on our roster prediction show. The one that did surprise me was the release of Jamichael Hasty that you touched on. And the reason really that that was so shocking to me is that for for a while last season, especially Jamichael Hasty was the team's 49ers. It was the 49ers. Um, third down back and that third down back really means that there's someone who the coaching staff has a lot of trust in and they're trusting to be the guy who runs a who's out there on third down to handle pass protection these are mostly passing downs pass blocking receiving they need a little more trust in the coaching staff often this goes to a more veteran guy hasty did that last season so hasty not being on the roster means yeah, and, and he did do it well. And so him not being on the roster means that the 49ers have someone else in mind who they're confident can do that role. So I'm not sure if you expect that to be Jeff Wilson. I'm kind of wondering if it means they just have more confidence in Elijah Mitchell going into his second year. I'm I'm reasonably confident it's going to be either Mitchell or Wilson. But yeah, Daniel, who do you see taking that third down rollover with Hasty no longer on the team? Is it just going to be Debo? Is it just going to be Devo? Uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, you and I were talking a little bit about this before we started recording this. Uh, I don't necessarily think that it's going to be Jeff Wilson because I would question, well, why wasn't it last year? Has Jeff improved a ton and beat Hasty out for the third down role? Um, or did, did they truly just want Jordan Mason that bad to have in the room. And then hasty was hasty and sermon weren't going to make it. And so they said, okay, well now Jeff's going to be a third down guy. So I'm really curious what kind of tone or what forced, uh, what really made this happen to see hasty gone and to see a new third down role player. And maybe that is just Elijah Mitchell. Maybe they are saying, Hey, you're going to be out there all the time. And we'll, we'll, we'll put the backups in, uh, to give you rest here and there, but like you're going to be more of a Derrick Henry thing where you're getting 20 to 30 touches every single game. Yeah, fan- fantasy football players take note of what happens week one with uh, with this 49ers third down back. If Elijah Mitchell is out there for all three downs, trade for him. Get him on your team because if he is going to be the 49ers like every down back, which I don't expect considering how many guys are on this roster that we just talked about. But if that happens, if he's out there on third downs, in addition to getting the bulk of the carries on first and second down, you need Elijah Mitchell on your fantasy team because he was phenomenal last year without the third down work. If he starts getting some of that third down work, he might wind up being a top, top back in fantasy football. Yeah, and it's just so fun to see uh, how people, like how the preseason, like listeners, if you've done any fantasy football league and you know other teams, you know Antonio Gibson is crazy late in your drafts, but the the rookie that was giving him a run for his money, Brian Robinson, was very sadly shot in the leg, and so he's going to be out until at least week five because he's on the the pup. Um, But J.D. McKissick is always a problem for stealing his carries, but that's why 
That's why it's so important to watch how many touches are they getting a game. Like for the Niners room, um, is you know they're they're a run heavy team. So let's go with Mitchell averaging twenty to twenty five touches a game. From what it sounds like, if he is the third down guy, and if the rest of the group gets like a touch or two a piece, which we kind of saw last year, um, his volume will skyrocket. And so he will be used every single week, and you will want him playing every single week. It's I use a Bears running back, David Montgomery, as an example, where I don't think Montgomery is truly that skilled, but they give him every touch, and he always gets the volume. So that's why he can produce the points that he does, is he's given so many opportunities. Um, and we're playing him week one, so we can see how, how that shapes out. But... Timmy, what was something else in the in the roster? How it shaped out, shaped out, and uh, what what surprised you about it, or what did we what did we miss? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple things that jumped out to me in the defensive secondary. I'm looking. I'm just I'm skimming the 49ers, you know, week one depth chart just to make sure I don't miss anything. And that is that there's only three safeties on this roster currently because Jimmy Ward was moved over to IR, which means he'll be injured for, I think, at least the first four weeks he won't be playing with an injury he suffered during training camp, one of those soft tissue ones we talked about. So that's surprising to me that we only have three safeties. And the other thing is we only have one nickel cornerback even on this roster officially, Daniel. Now, obviously, some of the other guys could potentially slide into that spot, but Samuel Womack is the only guy on this depth chart at the nickel position. And we talked about how after the 49ers cut, oh gosh, what was his name? Darquez Denard after the first preseason game when Womack had two interceptions, that that really meant that the 49ers were likely to really, really be confident in Womack. But the fact that he's the only nickel corner on this roster means the 49ers really expect their fifth round rookie to step up and I mean as we've seen fifth round rookies on the 49ers under Shanahan and Lynch do tend to step up but that's one surprising to me and then the fact that we only have three safeties on the official roster right now Daniel is a little concerning that scares me I don't know thoughts on the on the secondary Um, secondary I'm with you um having one nickelback cornerback doesn't truly makes sense to me but i think we did see reports that diameter lenore is like the emergency backup in nickel um yeah that that's what i but expecting. the safeties is what terrifies me strong safety not worried about it at all because talano hufunga is there so i'm not scared whatsoever um but george odom being the starting free safety i don't like because well i don't like that george odom is starting um I don't like that Jimmy Ward is hurt. Traverius Moore is, is more strong safety and behind Hufunga. But that that just doesn't give me, you know, a big old smile heading into week one going like, I feel so good about it. No, it's I'm I'm certainly gonna be watching his his grouping and in his area of any time the ball is thrown anywhere near him. Like, okay, you know, you're starting off on a on a bad foot simply because you haven't started for us before. Um you can quickly change that around and make an, make a good name for yourself on the 49ers roster. But uh, I must say I feel way better about our cornerbacks with Traverius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, and then Ambry Thomas waiting in the wings ready to go, and Jason Verrett getting healthy. So I think this is the best our cornerbacks have looked. Um, totally. Probably under Shanahan and Lynch, yes. this is probably the best cornerback room this team has so. had. 
Yeah, I think I think something to note is the 49ers can f- I think four times a season flex not not four times a season per player they can flex two guys every week up to the up to the roster from the practice squad so i think that for the safety position is something keeping an eye on hopefully it's just something that the team can survive without ward until he's healthy and the other thing to keep in mind or or to hope for really is that our d line is so good that the football never even gets thrown so the secondary doesn't even matter so hopefully it turns out it will probably be the weakest spot on the defense right now is the safety position which is a flip from last season when it was the cornerback position but I'm not sure I expect it to be too limiting and hopefully by the time Ward is back that'll really shore things up and it, and it shouldn't be the biggest deal yeah Daniel what's the what's the next position you want to talk about and then maybe we uh maybe it's time to jump over into the quarterback room a bit and, and discuss a couple things that happened there yeah I just want to let's briefly touch on the O-line and just talk about how it shaked out because we didn't predict this exactly how it was. So we've got Trent Williams, left tackle, and uh, Mike McGlinchey, right tackle. Not a shocker. But this interior, um, what I was telling Timmy earlier this morning, is uh, obviously those guys are not shocking. But if the season, at season's end last year, with uh, Lakin Tomlinson, left guard, uh, Alex Mack, center, and I believe we had Daniel Brunskill finishing the year at right guard. Is that correct? It sounds right. Yes, Daniel Brunskill played way too many snaps yeah. for the 49ers. So last now season. none none of those guys are on this starting uh, O line anymore. Aaron Banks is uh, slotted to be the starting left guard, and I, I believe that's what it'll be. And we'll see how long that that goes, and maybe it goes all season. Um, we thought heading into camp that that's what it was going to be like, and then we weren't sure if that's how it was going to finish out. Uh, Jake Brendel is now our starting center. And that was uh, because Alex Mack retired. And we also elected to not go sign uh, JC Treader. Tedder? I can never remember. Uh, for- Treader is, I think, also now officially retired. From oh, the is he NFL. really? I did not see that. I might be making that up, but I'm pretty sure I okay, saw that. Okay, I'm going to have to look at that. and Because that, that's, I wonder if we could have done another Alex Mack kind of thing where we had him for a year or two uh, to finish out his career. I guess they didn't want to. And then the one that we're most excited about is Spencer Burford at right guard. Um, he he really took yeah. camp by storm. He's become a fan favorite and just being a fun, good guy. Uh, but his his play, his skill um, is at a new level. And so I feel really good. I feel way better than having him there than Daniel Brunskill. So uh, this could be fun. I'm excited to see this this young interior um, and see how they shape out. They've got good veterans on the wings to help them out. So, yeah, excited that they're getting their chance. Yeah, the the one the one offensive line decision that did surprise me a little and was something I think we disagreed about on our predictions episode was that Jason Poe was not on the roster. I think I I saw Poe potentially making the team, and he I'm guessing was a very tough cut for the 49ers coaching staff. So that's something to call out there. But yeah, Daniel, I think it I think it might be time. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask, because I was looking it up right now, did uh, did Poe make the practice squad or was he picked up somewhere else? I am not sure. I think he may have made the practice squad. He, I, I hope he did. He had a, a good camp, and I want him there. But let me double-check that yeah, real I'm quick. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up right now as well. And it's not being easy for me. 
Jordan Matthews is on our IR, everybody. Just just in case. There it is. Practice squad. I see Tashawn Gibson's on our practice squad. Dante Johnson is on our practice squad. That's good. That's what I haven't seen yet. That was... Yep, that's the person I think I see being flexed up potentially yes. to fill in some of that void at safety. In fact, I think they can flex guys up on game day. I think I expect Johnson to be flexed up tomorrow to be ready to I play agree. that free, fill that free. Yeah, Jason Poe is on our practice squad, so there is still hope for him. Phenomenal news! Um, Phenomenal news! Gosh, I, I just cannot say his first name. Knight, the cornerback that we weren't sure about, he's on our practice squad as well as um, McCrary Ball, another linebacker's on our practice squad. So some of these guys that we we weren't sh- we didn't think were going to make it but could still were still competing for a spot, a lot more guys than we thought are on our practice squad. Um, and so we'll be flexed up at some point. I'm sure we will see that. But. Yeah, I agree as well. It'll be interesting to see what kind of playing time those guys get. All right, everyone. It's time. We have to talk about the 49ers quarterback room. The starting quarterback is who we all expected. Trey Lance is going to be the 49ers week one starter, and I believe the starter throughout the season. The backup quarterback is someone that Daniel and I both said would be released by final roster day, and the fact that he is... The 49ers backup is making waves throughout the NFL online community. And if you're wondering who it is, it is Jimmy Garoppolo, former 49ers starter who the team was expected to trade, expected to cut, worked out on his own on the side throughout all of camp, recovering from a shoulder injury. And right before the roster was finalized, he signed a restructuring of his contract that I believe brought his salary cap hit and his salary down to $6 million with the ability to make up to $9 million in incentives if he plays. It added in a no-trade clause, and he is now the highest-paid backup quarterback in the league, and everyone is freaking out. Daniel, how do you feel about the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is still on this roster against all thoughts of what we saw happening here. Yeah, can I just say that I'm not freaking out? Um, and that's not necessarily... That's good. I'm <laughs> freaking out. That's not necessarily because I'm, like, super jazzed about it. Um, you guys, what I just... What I know, and I love Kyle and John, but they, they always do... They always do this. They do things where we don't think they're going to, and I always have this slight thought in the back of my mind. But they might. And then they do. And so I think I truly am just so... They're so predictable to me now because I'm not buying... Like, whatever everyone thinks is almost never what they do. And so because everyone is thinking, oh, like, they're going to cut Jimmy or they're going to trade Jimmy, I'm like, no one's biting on a trade. No one is biting on a trade. And the second Baker Mayfield went to Carolina, it was done. Actually, the second that... No, because when he went to Carolina, it was done. I think the Browns were already set with Brissett. Maybe they were looking into getting Jimmy, but I think that they were just like, hey, we're going to ride with Brissett until, uh, or better say Nick Chubb and just run the ball a lot. Uh, But Seattle was never doing, I never believed Seattle wanted Jimmy because of the divisional thing, and I don't get that because he's not going to, it's not like Russell Wilson going from the Seahawks to the Niners by any means. So, all that goes to say, I feel like I emotionally prepared for this, 
But I did see this and I was like, you're kidding me. Really? We did it. Like, I was prepared for it, but yeah, don't like I, it. I think it, it's obviously automatically read by everyone as the 49ers aren't confident in Lance and they needed Jimmy and he's going to be the starter by week five and they're just like Lance isn't ready and that's that's why they why they brought him back. The team has been pretty upfront. What Kyle Shanahan said was, yeah, we assumed someone would trade for him and then we looked around and we saw we could have a guy we think of as a starting caliber quarterback as our backup quarterback and we took it. And so... I don't know where the truth lies. Maybe they're not confident in Lance. I I think they are. I really think this is potentially just a sign of their confidence in Lance and his ability to not create a quarterback controversy here. And maybe it really just was, wow, we have a chance to have a guy we like and has run our offense before as our backup in case Lance goes down. Let's let's take it. Maybe it's, hey, let's extend our ability to potentially trade him. Yes, there's a no trade clause, but that can be waived if Jimmy's happy in a potential destination. That's a huge part. So maybe it's let's give it a little. Yeah. And maybe let's give it a little longer to allow a trade destination to develop. Personally, I think a sign that that is a it might be part of the situation here is that the 49ers still have. Is it still have Sudfeld on the roster? No. I believe is that correct? Or no, still Brock have Brock Purdy, Purdy yeah. on the roster as the yeah Brock Purdy. My bad. Nate Sudfeld was cut, but they still have a third quarterback on the roster. I think if they had full confidence rolling with Jimmy and Trey all season, or Trey and Jimmy, let's be very clear, Trey yeah, and right. Jimmy all season, then they probably would not have kept Purdy, a guy who they really liked and was really solid in camp. So that to me means maybe there's a chance they view this as a let's just extend our chance to to trade Jimmy to someone whose starter goes goes down. Trey is is a nice professional guy and at least to the media has been like, yeah, I was so excited when I found out Jimmy was coming back. I loved working with Jimmy last season. Super excited to have him in the room with me. Like he's a great guy, like not awkward at all. I'm sure it's a little awkward. I don't really see how some it's things not, just are. but I, yeah, some things just are, but hopefully it's not as bad as, as we think. My main takeaway though is, is Daniel. I people are like, what kind of leash is Trey Lance gonna have now with Jimmy in the building? I don't think that affects this really at all. Um, the 49ers, for better or worse, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are tied at the hip with their jobs to how Trey Lance performs. They traded three first round picks to take this guy third overall. If he sucks, they're gone, no matter how good the team is. Like long term, if your quarterback is not if the guy you trade three first round picks for is a bust, that is the end of your chance to run a team in the NFL. So I think I really expect the 49ers to give Lance a lot of leeway. And I think he's going to be the starting quarterback throughout the entire season, really no matter what happens. And probably next season too, because of how much Shanahan and Lynch have sunk their reputations into him being a starting caliber quarterback into him being the guy and so because of that Jimmy doesn't really concern me because the 49ers and Lynch and Shanahan specifically have sunk so much into Trey Lance they have to let him be the guy they have to sink or swim with Trey and so because of that the Jimmy decision while it befuddles me and confuses me a little and I think it's a bad decision because of the optics and because of the confidence it reflects in Trey 
I actually don't think it it really changes anything because of the fact that they've already expressed all the confidence you can in a guy by trading three first round picks for him and they've pretty much not started him for the only season they cannot start him which was that rookie year and they were really only able to get away with that because the Patrick Mahomes model worked out so well but they they have to ride or die with Trey now and if yeah. if it doesn't work out it doesn't mean they can say oh we're going back to Jimmy Garoppolo as our starter it, it means they will be fired eventually I think so because of that it's it's all in on Trey, and from the little bit we've seen of Trey, I really think it's hard to have a formal, like a really strong opinion about Trey right now, just because of how little we've seen him. But I do think that he's going to be the 49ers starter this season, and hopefully in many seasons to come. I am very optimistic for him. But what I'm trying to say is, I don't think the Jimmy Garoppolo coming back really changes things because the 49ers already sunk so much into Trey. Does that make sense, Daniel? Yes, uh, there's a couple of things that you said that are. Uh, let me go back to them real quick. Of they traded three first round picks for this guy. Boom! That shows you their confidence in him. Jimmy Garoppolo did not have a playbook. He was not at camp. He literally was not on the team essentially because they were trying to trade him. They could not trade him. They're not trying to do. They're not trying to do him dirty and cut him, which I don't think is at this point is dirty. Um, but uh, he was a lot of money. His contract was eating up a ton. And then when people are like, oh, we keep Jimmy, what a horrible idea. For the amount of money that he had in his contract, yes, horrible idea. But everyone is acting like you don't want to have a good backup quarterback in the NFL. So if Jimmy truly is a starter level or has played, like, I get it. Is Jimmy Garoppolo what we want in our dream quarterback? No, but did he take the Niners to a Super Bowl? Heck yeah, he did. So if you can restructure his contract and pay him less and keep a guy who knows this very team that well on your roster for less money in case Trey gets hurt or he can help in any way, then you do it. I get it's not fun. Like Again, I said I'm not excited about it, but I fully believe they that John and Kyle and I don't care who else uh, – you know, I love Joe Montana, Steve Young, but when they talk about he's not ready, I don't yeah. care. I'm sorry, but they're not around. Um, like I love their input and I love those guys, but I, I do think it is like a you're making noise totally. and I don't and know I, if you need I to. The, um, the 49ers have now given themselves has, an opportunity to have a team that might want to trade for Jimmy in a much more pressing situation if their starter goes down. And yes, there's a no trade clause. Yeah, but then you have a yes, big there's a no trade, trade clause, but with the way the incentives are structured, all they have to do is say to Jimmy, hey, if you go to this team and start these six games, you set yourself up for a much better free agency situation, and you'll make $9 million more million because of these incentives, and you're not starting here. 49ers have now set themselves up that even if Jimmy goes somewhere else in free agency next season, they now get a third-round pick as a comp pick. They were going to waive this guy and get nothing, and now they've set themselves up to get a compensatory third-round pick in the next offseason. So I, I think things could be a lot worse here, even though I think it's a little awkward and probably not how I would have handled things. And I think we've probably already talked about Jimmy more than, than either of us wanted to, just because we were a little late to jump into that discourse, so we didn't want to spend too much time on it. But Daniel, anything else you wanted to, to get out there before we move on to predicting what's going to happen with the Bears tomorrow? Um, I just don't, I get so frustrated. So that's why I had to take a big, deep breath before this. I get so frustrated when 
all people want to talk about is the 49ers quarterback room. And I'm going, we have George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, and Talanoa Hufunga. And all you want to talk about is the controversy in our quarterback room when really it's not it's not that crazy of a thing. It's not that big of a deal in some ways. Like I get that it is a larger deal, but I just think that it steals the spotlight from the Niners and it's just so much drama. And it just takes away from the fun of our team and the stars on our team. And uh, just make peace with it, everybody, and enjoy the season for what it's going to be. Focus more on our defense. Focus more on Debo Samuel if that helps you. (laughs) Whatever you need to do just to calm your nerves, do it. With that being said, (laughs) let's get into our first week of the season with the Chicago Bears. Yes, the 49ers are taking on Chicago Bears with second-year quarterback Justin Fields, new head coach Matt Eberflus, who was the Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator last year. This team appears pretty committed to tearing it all down and rebuilding, hopefully around Fields. I like Fields, hopefully for them around him. But this is not a team that is in a position to really contend this season. They have a couple good players. Robert Quinn, one of their defensive ends, was an all-pro last season. I think Justin Fields is pretty good. Their receiving room is pretty pretty sparse. Their running back room, David Montgomery, is solid. Their offensive line, though, is terrible. This offense is not in a really good position to compete. The defense might be competitive, but I don't think that even really matters. The 49ers will will beat the Bears easily, I think. The the things the defense I think is going to feast. Nick Bosa is going to have a day and launch his defensive player of the year campaign from a good place, I think Daniel. Yeah. But the the 49ers offense is really really what I'm interested in seeing, I guess, isn't really even if the the 49ers win. It's really how the offense looks and how Trey looks. Because if Trey comes out there and struggles, I think that's okay. It's really his first, I think really this is his first start. Yes, he had a couple last season, but this is really his first start, I think, it's personally. very different. But if he comes out there and struggles, that that's scary to me. But if he comes out there and looks competent, makes a few mistakes, but clearly flashes the talent that we think is there, and then the 49ers defense shuts down the Bears offense enough to, to get us a win, I'm happy. I don't know. What are you what are you looking for in tomorrow's matchup? Well, h- help me define what you mean by if he struggles. Like, let, let's put some boundaries on this because I don't want someone to say, ah, oh, he threw an he threw interception in the first half. He struggled. No, calm down. Josh Allen threw two interceptions yesterday or uh, on Thursday, but is anybody freaking out about him potentially taking his team to the Super Bowl? No. So I just want to have decent expectations of it should really just be, can he do what we've expected him to do? Or can he give us glimpses of that and show us that more is coming and that we're getting settled? Um, for me, my, my expectations, if you guys remember last year, when we started off the season against, I believe we opened the season against the Lions, correct? Is that who we played? Yes, you mean when they almost came back and won in the second yeah, half? Yeah, it was the Lions and then the Eagles. And the Eagles are not nearly as good then as they were now. And I think we should have steamrolled both teams those games, and we barely won. And I was very not happy about the the season ahead based on the two weeks. So what I want from week one is to not see that again. I want them to look sharp. That's totally 
That's a good point. I want to see them be able to put away a game. Because last season, that was something they really struggled with early on, was so finishing bad. games. They And so that's something I, I want to see is the 49ers. I'm, I'm totally with you, Daniel. I want to see the 49ers. I expect them to build a lead, and I want them to keep it this time. Yeah, I think uh, but yeah. the biggest thing as well is that word sharp that I used is, was after I said it. I'm like, yeah, let's just. I want them to look sharp. I want them to look composed, especially on defense. I know we got a lot of new guys at – uh, and some young guys, so I, I get that it takes time, but I just hope that everyone looks sharp and and working well together out there week one. And I get that you know it takes time, but uh, they've had time. They've had a, a long off season and preseason, so it's go time. Yeah, I agree. It's it's go time. That is the best best way to phrase it that i know daniel it is most certainly go time i want to see this defense dominate and i think when you talk about what what it's a struggle from trey i agree it's not an interception it's not some inaccurate passes it's if he looks nervous it's if he looks completely out of place like he did at Mm -hmm. times last season when it was just clear it was was his first nfl games i want him to show the fact that he has been working and preparing all offseason as the starter. I don't need him to be 5-for-5 with a perfect passer rating like he was in preseason week one, but I want him to look like he belongs. And we know he does athletically. We know he does work with his worth ethic. I just want to see it on the field. He doesn't need to come out like Mahomes. If he does, that would be great. That's what I'm rooting for. But if he can just move the ball, keep the offense running, rely on the run game, I'm really excited to see how the 49ers use him in the run game. If there's some designed QB runs, maybe some triple option. I think there's just there's a world of potential there that I'm really excited to see. And I'm excited to see what just what this offense looks like. We do need to talk about Daniel, a guy who the 49ers are expected to be potentially without tomorrow, and that is star tight end George Kittle. Unfortunately, Kittle suffered a groin injury on Monday's practice. He's currently listed as questionable and really did not practice since the injury, which is typically a sign that a guy is not going to play on Sunday. Now, Kittle is notoriously tough, has played without practicing before, has played through injuries before, but I don't know. Maybe the coaching staff says to him, you sit this one out and then we will get you back next week. We want you healthy for the season. Just a big bummer that Kittle, guy who has struggled with injuries but is one of the best in the NFL when he's on the field, is already injured coming into week one. I think the 49ers were hoping to have him healthy. I know we were. Yeah. So, yeah, that is a something to keep an eye on, whether or not Kittle is, is playing. Yeah, Daniel, any thoughts on the Kittle situation? Yeah, what I want to note is that before because he was doubtful or just darn near out at first and so the fact that he is questionable now um i'm gonna put a questionable tag on his questionable tag that is he really questionable or is that them just saying giving him a chance to to work through it um i personally i do not want to see george kittle play week one um i don't i don't think he's gonna get healthy that quickly and be okay and I think he'll be working through this injury. I think it's going to be really, really tough for him. It is week one. Take the week. Heal up. It's the Bears. Just like just chill. I think that this might even be a game where, you know, you can focus on other offensive weapons. Maybe it's a big run game. Um, this is not a strong defense. Or this is a very young secondary. They have... The Bears have Jalen Johnson, who's who's a good corner, but he's I think his third year rookie. Kyler Gordon's on the right. 
Uh, Jaquan Brisker is a rookie safety, and they have a good safety in Eddie Jackson. So their secondary is good, but it's also very young and extremely inexperienced in the NFL level. So attack them or, you know, just stay away from Roquan Smith in the run game and you should be just fine. So I just, I don't want Kittle to aggravate and get worse is all I'm saying. I'm with you. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think Kittle sits this one out. Let's let him rest up. Let's let him get healthy for for the season down the stretch with Kittle out. That means we'll probably see a lot of new 49ers tight end Tyler Croft. He's not the tight end one, but he has been the best blocking tight end on the 49ers besides Kittle all offseason. So I think we'll see a decent amount of Croft as the 49ers show off whatever this new run game with Lance at the helm looks like. Charlie Warner is probably going to be the guy getting the most usage in this receiving game as tight end. And then we'll see a little Ross Dwelly as well because because Dwelly is there and he is a consistent veteran and I expect to see some passes to the tight end position I'm really excited to see what this passing game looks like I'm excited to see a little bit more of the vertical threat maybe a little Danny Gray and I think I'm most excited to see what Brandon Ayuk looks like Daniel after after all the talk this offseason about how Ayuk is just a completely different player how he's worked so hard I mean I wrote a piece for Niner Noise predicting that there's a chance he might have more receiving yards than Debo Samuel that was kind of a bold prediction hot take but I'm very excited to see how all all this work and all this offseason hype plays out in week one for Brandon Ayuk. That's going to be really, really exciting to see. On the defensive end, I'm excited to see Nick Bosa. I'm excited to see a little bit of rookie Drake Jackson opposite Bosa at defensive end. Yeah. Daniel, any any final things you want to make sure to see on this 49ers versus Bears Sunday morning game? I think the biggest thing is I really liked what you said about Trey Lance just not looking nervous or skittish. Um, in his play, I want I want him to I want to see confidence in him. I want to see him composed, and I don't think that is that is too much to ask for. Um, I, I get frustrated when when you know f- f- just generic fans, not you or I, Timmy, uh, can say what say things about football players like they are them. Uh, but I think that it is very fair to say like. After his rookie year in the times that you noted of when he did look nervous and skittish and how that went, after a full offseason of being QB1, um, you know, the confidence that this team has put in him, um, I think those moments should be very far and few in between. Um, I think he should shine. He has incredible weapons around him. You know, like, this is a... Jalen Hurts is this like this is his make or break year because they got him AJ Brown. He's got Dallas Goddard and, and Miles Sanders and Devonta Smith. He's got weapons. If he doesn't succeed, it's on him. Um, Trey Lance is stepping into that. Um, he's got all the all the weapons around him that he could need. So I, I get that it'll take time, and I don't need him to come out and be an MVP in Week One. But I want to see. I want us to be encouraged by his play and. That could be that could mean a multitude of things. So, I think I'm a little worried about the interior O line in Trey and how everyone is young and inexperienced. Um, but I think that it'll be thrown together well. Um, I think that they're going to shine. And before we move on from anything at all, I really need us just to take a second and look at the Bears roster, and I want us to understand that. This is a revenge game for none other than sixth 
on their wide or fifth on their wide receiver depth chart, Dante Pettis. He's Dante Pettis is on the. He's base? coming home, everybody. For well, actually, it's I in Chicago, so he's not coming home. <laughs> um. <laughs> I I genuinely did not know Pettis was still in the NFL. Yeah, the Bears uh, signed a bunch of random receivers this offseason. So they've got Darnell Mooney, wide receiver one. Equinemius St. Brown is wide receiver two, uh, former Packer. Now former Chief is Byron Pringle at wide receiver three. Uh, and former second-round pick, future star receiver Dante Pettis is also on the Chicago and, and former Patriot Nikhil Harry. Oh wow! So, wow, they really just took everybody's castoffs and and put them on a team. <laughs> I think some of those. I used to think Pettis was good, man. I don't really know what to expect there, but that's hilarious. I kind of want him to like catch one pass and like try to rub it in Shanahan's face or something. But realistically, he's not going to see the field no. at all because he's he just he's not an NFL talent, which is a bummer. He was an elite college prospect and he was fun to watch. He was a very shifty athlete, but. He just didn't have the right mentality for at least not for Shanahan. I mean, you see how a guy like Ayuk responded to the pressure Shanahan yep. put on him versus the how a guy like Pettis responded, and you see you see the difference. It's really it's really fascinating to me. All right, one Daniel. More thing. Any final yeah. thoughts before one more, one more oh, thing yeah. about the so Bears there are roster? Final thoughts. Uh, backup left cornerback is Lamar Jackson. Wow. I knew Lamar was good, but I didn't know he could play two positions on two different sides of the fields on two different teams at once. I just had to note that. Yeah, I had to. I was looking on the the Bears roster, just peeking out and seeing who they got, if uh, who is healthy. Um, Only one of their like, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that might be a different Lamar. Jackson. It is a different. It is a different. I just said, wow. It is a different Lamar Jackson. This guy's 24. He went to Nebraska. He's a cornerback. I just I thought that'd be funny. It was funnier in my head. So uh, let's move on, everybody. Oh, I thought my response was it great. Was. I think we landed. We nailed it. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, everyone, thank you. Thanks for jumping in with us. We're hopefully going to have this out early on Saturday. Uh, tomorrow, obviously, will be the 49ers week one game. We'll be back up. We'll be recording Monday morning. Hopefully get it out Monday to you to react to the 49ers hopeful win against the Bears. But everyone, take a second. Just enjoy this. 49ers football is back. NFL Sunday is back. It is football season. Enjoy your fantasy teams. Best of luck to all of your fantasy teams except Daniels and anyone else in a league with me. <laughs> and yeah, thank you for tuning in. Daniel, any any parting words? Uh, I want to say stuff about my team, but I'll just let it speak for itself. Um, no, we're, we're <laughs> excited. Uh, this is good stuff. I think we've prepared you better than anyone else on this earth could. So uh, you're welcome. Yep. And enjoy the 10 o'clock, the only one of three 10 o'clock games that the Niners have this season. Enjoy, and we are excited to talk about Monday, about the crushing that the Niners bring. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, and stay safe out there, everybody. Ah, ah.